Welcome to Beth and Jordan Rewatch. I'm Jordan, and I'm a nerd. And I'm Beth, and I'm also a nerd. For our show, we will rewatch TV shows and movies that Beth and I have enjoyed and try to look at them with a fresh perspective. And for this season, we'll be watching Vikings, which I have seen before, but will be Jordan's first time watching the show. Today, we're recapping Season 1, Episode 2, Wrath of the Northmen. So welcome to Episode 2 of the Vikings, Wrath of the Northmen. Uh, Beth, it's good to be back with you talking about talking about this series. Uh, we are going to start now with our, our recap. Uh, for this one, Beth has decided to try to do this 40-minute episode in under a minute. Um, <laughs> Because apparently, you know, we just love challenging ourselves um, and also bringing the potential of failure. We just love those things in our lives. Um, but that being said, uh, the rules are have been laid out pretty straightforward. And I have my eye on the clock. Are you ready, Beth? I am ready. All right. In three, two, one, go. All right. So Ragnar and Floki and Rolo get together and they find a bunch of people who are not entirely on the Earl's side to go with them and kind of with promises of riches, yada, yada, yada. They get a crew together and they head off west, um, but not until after Lagertha gets really mad at uh, Ragnar for leaving her behind to watch the children. Um, The Earl does know that they're leaving and he kind of ends up just being like, "Okay, we'll keep an eye on him. We'll watch him. Um. But then he does go after the blacksmith who made them the anchor later on and uh, either tortures or kills him. Uh, It's kind of unclear. But then Rollo, Ragnar, and the rest of the gang make their way to Lindisfarne, which is the start of the Viking Age. They raid a uh, monastery there, but they find that one of the monks speaks their language. How interesting. Useful slave. They pack him up and they sail on home. Um, I don't think anything else really happened. Did I miss anything? (laughs) No, I, I think you. I think you got it there with about ten seconds to spare. Sweet. I knew it wasn't that plot heavy, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you didn't. You didn't talk about like the whole like how the monks thought it was like the end of the world. Oh, true. I could have added more details. I did have ten seconds left. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a. Um. It's an amateur move, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I'm kidding. Um, I know, I know, person, I know. Yeah, as the, as the person who's literally been sitting out the last two recaps. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think you kind of got it. I think you got it there. I think you pretty much encapsulated it well. And now it's time to get into the meat of it. This is the analysis portion um, where we take a look at episode two, break it down. Um, talk about what we liked and disliked. And so, Beth, here we go. The Wrath of the Northmen, we're sailing west at last. Um, you know, despite all of the warnings, it's like, don't disobey what the Earl said. Like, we're, we are getting our meetings together, and we have Ragnar up at the front leading our way to explore the unknown west. Yes. This is when the, like, this, honestly, it's early on, but I feel like this is really when it starts to pick up for me, so... Yeah. I'm excited we got to this part. I know you mentioned kind of off off mic that you were interested in the fact that they they started off so quickly too. Yeah, I mean, I know that I know that like so. I guess how I foresaw this this whole story arc going was the whole adventure to the west would kind of like be like the entire story arc of season one, or maybe like to like the midway point of season one, and like maybe then they would arrive at whatever their westernmost point was, which I'm like. 
kind of happy. I, I, I like I 50 50 predicted it. Like I was like, it's either Iceland or it's England. And you you did very well in not spoiling it. But it turned out it is England. Um, and, and of course, that would be historically accurate, as you mentioned in the recap, because that would be Northumbria would be where the Viking age. Yes, the 793 raid on Lindisfarne and we get to watch it. <laughs> yes, we get to a bunch of pale monks all go like, please. Please don't murder us. And honestly, like, we're supposed to be rooting for the Vikings. Like, the show is called Vikings. We've been following them and getting to know them. But they're the bad guys here. (laughs) And, like, this episode doesn't shy away from showing that they're really the bad guys. It's a very interesting episode, just on so many levels. Like, um, I want to kind of wait to talk about the actual raid till later, just because it it, it is, like, the last thing that happens. True. It's just the exciting part, so. (laughs) Like... Of course, the first thing is you know, this council meeting that happens beforehand where Ragnar finds his loyal slash disloyal followers, um, as in disloyal to the Earl. And I don't know, like, as I as I see this, like, I kind of got the impression, like, I already somewhat had this idea that Ragnar had to be, um, you know, a little bit influential. Um, have you ever done the, oh, what is it called? It's the Gallup Strength Survey. I have not. Oh, okay. So there's like 20 different strengths or something like that you can get. And one of them is WOO, W-O-O, which is an acronym for winning others over. Um, and so it's for people with charisma. Oh. And, as, and so like, as I'm seeing Ragnar do this here, I'm like, okay, one, to assemble this many people, and two, like to convince this many people. Like, I'm, I'm kind of impressed with his, with his charisma here because not going to lie, like without any other knowledge, his, his plan is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, and so anyway, um, and then of course he tells his wife that she can't go, <laughs> and of course Lagertha doesn't take too kindly to that. <laughs> and which that whole scene, what a what an interesting like I mean you I don't know you kind of saw it going slightly that way, and then it's like it goes from like kind of sexier to violent to sexier to violent, and it's just like it's like this is very like it was just kind of an it was made for interesting watching, yeah. And at the end to see Bjorn be the one who runs in and is like, stop, stop. I'm just like, oh god, Bjorn? Yeah, I didn't realize how bad Bjorn was until you pointed it out and now I'm like, oh my god, stop. (laughs) I don't remember. Oh, you mentioned how bad of a child actor he was in the last one. Right. And now he's just an annoying child actor. Right, I just don't remember if I mentioned it like off mic or on mic. Oh, I don't remember. But yeah, just in case I didn't like for those of you listening, I Bjorn to me is just like it is just kind of the archetype of like the ter- like like terrible child actor to me who like just sits there letting the plot happen to him, um, and it bothers me tremendously. Which I mean, I guess he serves the plot a lot in the first episode because when you're being transported into like a fantasy world or in this case a historical culture that we're not very familiar with, you have to have that like self-insert character like the the one who doesn't exactly know what's going on so the other characters can explain it to him but god damn <laughs> yeah i mean i mean but so like like so emotionless that even when your uncle comes in and joyfully like picks you up and says hey you you're just kind of like look at him passively hey. as if yeah it's just like hey yes like i mean i mean come on i don't i mean i know you you and i both have you know larger families like i don't think i don't think we'd just be like oh hey uncle <laughs> yeah that's true but anyway so yeah uh so yeah so it's interesting that he's able to get all this persuasion like he, he's showing off again his charisma 
and then he's starting to uh, you know get all the plans into motion everything looks good but of course as much as he wanted to keep it secret he could not and so we once again meet with Earl Haraldson and again another interesting very revealing scene here what was your kind of your takeaway and, and not just scene mm. like just the whole like his his arc in this episode so I know that we mentioned last episode, he was set up to be kind of like arbitrary and ruthless and really looking out for himself at the expense of everyone around him. But man, did they double down on that this this episode. <laughs> and again, just in like odd, peculiar ways, like, like, you know, first his loyal, you know, his loyal servant is like coming up to him reporting this. I'm like, I'm not going to, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I didn't catch the fact that he was like passing glances. at. Sydney. He really wasn't that much. I yeah. think like okay good okay yeah because <laughs> okay. I really didn't like again I could have just not been paying attention like I just you know could have been just in the flow of watching it and just you know, nope know. and it's like granted for me it's been a while since I have watched this show for the first time and like but I didn't remember this part and I was like what the hell what the yeah. what what yeah. <laughs> and just well and just the whole because it's a lot you know in the end it turns out to be a loyalty test which yeah, that's the way you test loyalty. Yep, uh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. You know, your best, uh, your your spy. That's yep. <laughs> yeah. Offer yeah, your yeah. wife up to him and then kill him for it. Sure, that seems reasonable. <laughs> right. to- totally. Yeah. Uh, just, just, just such a weird like, and, and I and I, there's like a slight disappointment and a slight, uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of disappointed because to me it's just like. So this guy is just weird. He is just like super paranoid. Yeah. Like, and just very, just a very odd individual. Um, so like you said, offer up, you know, use basically your wife as like a lure um, to test the loyalty of a spy who literally just gave you information and proved his yeah. loyalty. So he's arbitrary. He's paranoid. He's ruthless. He's the he's the ruler that you try to get rid of as quickly as possible in Crusader Kings. Like you make right, him lead, yeah. make him lead all of your armies. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like just oh, and just like I guess I'm disappointed because like it doesn't make for a compelling villain. He's just I don't know. Like so he's far, he's a cartoon again, villain so far. He is two two episodes in. He's a very cartoony villain who is just it's extremely easy to hate for all the right reasons um and so i don't know it, and and then he does like again he does in the theme of cartoony villains the classic villain mistake of like here is a problem shall we address the problem no we shall wait for the heroes <laughs> we shall wait for the heroes to continue doing their thing other well, uh, ex- instead of you know being intelligent and solving the problem which now. i mean i guess what does he really have to lose in letting ragnar go west right now right like either he fails and drowns at sea and his problem is gone or he succeeds and comes back and owes all of his loot to the earl <laughs> sure <laughs> because as the person who hasn't watched this show but sees that it has six seasons i'm <laughs> I'm totally forecasting that that is the direction it will go when Ragnar returns and will not at all lead to like insurrection and civil war and like palace politics and all this stuff. We shall see. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I do get what you're saying, but it just kind of, I, I, I'm kind of disappointed that he's, it seems to be falling back into the traditional um, follies of, of TV and movie villains, not trusting anyone being like 
unredeemably evil uh, and also just letting the hero win for now um so all valid points so anyway yeah so yeah and apparently and apparently siggy is right th- like there's no like sometimes you know they cast it with like oh but the woman is not involved no no siggy is siggy is right there with him and all oh yeah this. oh yeah i mean viking society in general was pretty like equal footing for a lot of the things so it makes sense that she would be but yeah, and so I, I did. I did somewhat appreciate that because sometimes the redeeming female character is just kind of almost comes off as a little a weird a weird sexist stereotype sort of thing. So I'm kind of kind of glad that we have that going on where they're both just in it together, joined joined together in their mutual paranoia. <laughs> uh, but then we're about ready to take off. Uh, I just need to get in my little side comment of Rolo, why you gotta be like this. Oh my god, I forgot what a scumbag he really is. Ah, uh, just... Uh, do uh, I even need to describe... No, no, no. no just... We've given it as much detention as it deserves. Uh, uh, the only thing I just want to add is my massive disappointment. Like, for especially for like I don't know in, in episode one I was like totally going with like oh nice got this cool uncle vibe going on like and then he does a complete one eighty and now they're just doubling down on the scumbag <sighs> yeah yeah like and and I guess we could we could hmm, or do we want to wait till we talk about the the actual raid before talking about his other character flaws I mean I guess we can move to to the raid I don't know if there's a whole lot other than people being scared on the boat and the mugs. Yeah thinking it's the end times right yeah yeah i actually have an aside on that too i love that they're speaking old english yes (laughs) like that was so freaking cool right because you can almost understand it your brain almost picks it up but it's just a little bit off and ah the linguist nerd in me was jumping up and down at that point (laughs) well i kind of appreciated the fact too like because we're watching this from the perspective of the vikings it was nice to see that like you know who are speaking english and so it's kind of like, okay, what's going to happen when they actually speak or when they actually run into English people? Um, and so it was kind of, it was kind of, I like the touch of, um, sorry, so too many things went into my head. My, the other fact in my mind was like, it's not 1066 yet, Jordan. So not fully English, but nope. whatever. Nope. Um, anyway. It's a pre-Norman that, invasion English. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that thought aside. Um, but like it's 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 kind of good to see like the perspective from the vikings perspective of like they would have been sounding foreign to them um because of course to them it was a completely random language and so i'm glad that they did the old english so that at least to us it like sounds to most of us it sounds like gibberish to beth she's like yes (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but yeah anyway so we land upon the shores of northumbria we are landing upon england starting the official viking age um and we really get to see the full Viking raid for the first time, although it, it is a bit, I don't know, I, I'd have to say, Beth, it felt a little odd. Everything, like, I think I just went in expecting more of a battle. And what I saw instead was more of just kind of this, like, is it this easy? I guess it's this easy. And what I think that's do? what the Vikings were doing too, right? Like, they were like, they're they're not fighting us. I we're, uh, What? <laughs> right. It's just all sorts of, like, it's a very like it's a different kind of awkward um, than things we've mentioned before. It's awkward because it seems like everybody it's like everybody has shown up to the party, but nobody knows what to do. <laughs> it's an awkward middle school dance. 
exactly like <laughs> like the music is pl- the music the, pl- the music is playing the guys and the girls are looking at each other and everyone's like what do we do <laughs> um yep. but but that's kind of what they would have encountered, right? Like if this really was the first time England has been raided and it was the start of the Viking age, they weren't going to be defending a little barony, like, or a little, right. a little, uh, not a barony, but monastery. like a t- monastery. There we go. Thank you. On the, yeah. on the up- outskirts of Northumbria, like what's going to attack them up there. They're far away from any threat. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting, like, and drawing in the whole, drawing in the whole end times prophecy and all that stuff was it was it was a good, was a good nod. Although, Although the the Christian theologian inside of me is just like eh, a little liberal in the application, but whatever, it's medieval England, it's fine. <laughs> Everything can be the end times if you try hard and believe in yourself. That's a good philosophy. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but so anyway, so but it, but the, but it all plays out very interestingly. In particular, uh, you know, one we see, of course, what the priorities are. We see that the priorities are the gold, um, and and. But, and for the Vikings, it's like, sweet, we have the gold. You guys aren't going to defend yourself. All right, we'll kill you then. Uh, and then, but we see, I don't know, we see then this one Christian monk. I know his name. Athelstan. Athelstan, thank yeah. you. Yeah. We see this interesting thing where it's like, hmm, he somehow knows the Nordic tongue. Like, like one, he, like he mentions that it happened through traitors and people that he happened to be around. But now he's being taken, along with a handful of other monks, they're being taken as slaves. And I do, and I am kind of intrigued with where their plot line will go, because um, it'll add an interesting wrinkle. And obviously, as much as they focused on him and fixated on him, they clearly intend to feature him. Yeah, that way it's <laughs> spoiling for me to be like, he's one of my favorite characters, and I'm so excited that we meet him this early. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. I, I I I clear I cleared the path for you so that you could de- so that you could deliver that line. Yes. <laughs> but I, but I am intrigued. Like I, yeah, just because it's it'd be it'll be an aspect you don't you don't think about is like I don't know this this idea of like a Christian monk, um, in a foreign like taken to a foreign uh, what he will consider a savage land. Yes. Uh, and you will be happy that this means that we don't have to rely on Baron as our outside character anymore. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> I mean, as much as I love expressionless children, too. <laughs> but Athelstan is actually, he's an actor, so he's been in a couple of bit part things, but I kept an eye out for him because, again, I was really into this show for a while. He's okay. actually one of the uh, rebel people in Les Mis. Interesting, really? Yeah. He's nice. also in a show called Versailles where he plays like King Louis the something, which I haven't seen, but he's so been in saying, a couple of things. So you're saying very much like a Europhile or something like that? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Very into the French history and the, well, and I guess in this case, the British, the British and Nor- Norse history. Yes. So, nice. But yeah, like I said, I'm very excited to see from his perspective um, what it will all, what it will all be like to go and see this, this savage land and to, and and if what you're saying is true, then to see the whole um, realm of the Vikings, like he will be our outsider's perspective, and he will be the one where we get to view it from his perspective. I, I'm I'm looking forward exactly. to that. Exactly. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, the only other one I want to talk a little bit about Rolo again. But, <sighs> okay. But is there anything else you want to talk about before we mention him again? No, it's fine. We can talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so I think we have, I mean, we have to talk about the fact that 
well, one, going into this all, how, you know, think about how did Rolo convince people to go with Bjorn on this trek? Ragnar. Or, sorry, thank you. To go with <laughs> Ragnar. We were talking about Bjorn. Yeah. Uh, anyway, how did we, how did he convince people to go with Ragnar on this trek? Oh, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened other than like, yeah, I don't remember. What are you getting at? He, I'm getting at the fact that he said we will all be equals. Oh, right. And so, which is something that I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but I, I should have said, like, it's something I was always kind of skeptical about. <laughs> and so, like. Everyone is, this... is equal, but some are more equal than others. Yes, thank you. Thank you <laughs> uh, and, and this is the interesting part where you know what happens and I don't know what happens. Uh, but, like, it's interesting because, of course, the first time this comes to a head is with the monk whose name you'd remember and I don't. Athelstan. Yes, with Athelstan. And the fact that Ragnar protects him. And like it's the first time where there's a clash. He's, and Rolo's like, you said we'd be equal. And uh, Ragnar's like, hmm, I've decided to keep I've decided to keep this one. Like, challenge me if you want to. And we see already, like, like I wrote down everyone is paranoid. Like it's definitely a fault of uh, Earl Haraldson. I'm not going to lie. Ragnar and Rolo are also pretty paranoid of each other. Yeah. It's that brotherly rivalry thing, right? Because, right. like, they know they're, like, they're going into this saying, like, oh, we're equals, we're going to split the loot, like, nobody's really in charge here, but everybody knows it's Ragnar. Ragnar's in charge. Right. He is the one, as I mentioned before, who has the charisma. He is the one who, like, with, hmm. With offense to Rolo, because I know how <laughs> terrible person he is. Yes, full offense. Full offense to Rolo, now that I know he's such a dirtbag. Um, like, if he were the one leading it, it wouldn't succeed, because people wouldn't follow him. But since it's Ragnar who's leading, the people will follow him, for whatever reason. There, he, he has a good American streak in him, and that he has all this unearned confidence. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah. Those were all the big things I wanted to talk about. Were there any? Was there anything else you wanted to focus in on? I don't think so. I think we covered it pretty well. All right. And to conclude our episode. We are going to give our ratings out of a five-point scale, decimals allowed, but explanations required. Beth, for season one, episode two, Wrath of the Northmen, what are you feeling here? All right. I think I'm going to give this one a 4.4. I liked it better than the last one. And now, like, looking back, I may have overrated the first one. But the raid on Lindisfarne and just the historical accuracies of it and the like them speaking old english and stuff like it's a fun episode i enjoyed it i yeah 4.4 trying to assert why it belongs on the history channel i feel yeah that's fair um which is a good thing like that's not a criticism at all um i will give this one a four which is also an improvement um from the last one i did i did enjoy it decently like i think you know both episodes i think did a good job of setting up plot points and setting up story arcs i think i actually enjoy like i'm more intrigued about what'll happen after this episode than it was after the first one um now that they are returning which is something that i did not foresee happening this quickly um and now that they have this monk among them who will have this interesting outsider's perspective i'm now very intrigued about where we're going from here so those are my thoughts
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Beth and Jordan Rewatch, where we rewatch our favorite movies and shows and discuss what we love about them. You can find all of our episodes on anchor.fm slash bjrewatch or on Spotify at Beth and Jordan Rewatch.